welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I am so looking forward to my conversation with today's guest. I'm single. I'm closer to 70 than any other landmark number. I sold my house several years ago with no intention of buying again. And most of my friends have similar traits. I've lived with some of them, and I know I could live with others of them. Give us each some private space, and we could cohabit quite easily. We're also coming off two years of a pandemic where aging experts, and yes, I just used air quotes, are pontificating about the need for private rooms for all seniors. My friends and I all say, heck no. Co-housing is such a great idea home share, co-op, pods. There's several different ways to do it, but community is what many of us are after as we get older. My guest today is the strategic partnerships manager with a service that matches homeowners and potential renters, and she has home shared as well. Jennifer Hammer, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, Jennifer, I'm going to start by clarifying the fact that your service is American. I'm in Canada. I don't think Mm -hmm. we touched on that little fact. I didn't so know. I can't, I can't use your service directly, but the concepts are all transferable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, they are. Yes. Good. Okay. So my first question is how you got started. You know, were you a home share person first or did you get <laughs> your position with uh, Silvernest first? Yes, I actually uh, was, I home shared before I worked for Silvernest and I had actually been in the downsizing, senior downsizing uh, and move management business. And I heard about Silvernest and thought, oh gosh, people are going to need help clearing out rooms to share. And I approached Silvernest from that lens and then ended up working for them. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's great. But you, you've also home shared yourself. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And am currently. I'm in a brand new home sharing arrangement as of last week. Oh, okay. That's great. So is that your lifestyle now, if, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know if it's my lifestyle forever, but right now it fits. So um, my new roommate and I, you know, we've agreed to a year of this and I've, I've known her for years, actually. I didn't find her on our service. Um, I had known her, but I've home shared before and I think we're going to be just fine. So, so far, so good. One week into this, we both work at home. So we're navigating that right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. When I owned my house, it was a really big house and a friend of mine sort of, I was talking to her and she said, actually, we weren't even good friends at the time. Um, She said, oh man, I, you know, I take care of my mother. We've got to get out of our current situation. It's sort of an emergency. And I'm going like, I have this really big house. It was a totally different town for them. Um, I have this really big house, you know, if you need somewhere to land. Mm -hmm. And I think within a few weeks they'd moved in and we 
were together, oh, for at least a year. I can't even remember now. It just worked so well. And then I sold, was selling my house. So she moved back down here, found a place with her mother. And just recently we said, you know, boy, you know, we could do that quite easily. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the thing for us, of course, is the fact that her mom is well into her 90s, is fit as a fiddle. She'll probably outlive the both of us. So home share might not even be a, an issue. Right, um, right. <laughs> I think it's great to just think of it as, you know, it fits in when it fits in for as long as it fits in, you know. Um, you can home share for a little while, do something else for a little while, go back to it, maybe not go back to it, but it's, you know, your housing journey isn't defined. Um, you make choices and the more choices you have, I think the better off everybody is. Yeah. And I guess to, you know, people change as, as time goes by as well, mm-hmm. or your needs change or your situation changes. So yeah, what exactly. works one year might not work the following year. So mm-hmm. in case we have a few reluctance listening, Um, Let's start by talking about the advantages of home sharing, you know, for both the homeowner and the renter. Uh, The first one, of course, at my age is companionship. I think that for me, and I agree, it ended up being probably as important as the money um, we find just in our company. But for myself personally, there was a, a financial kind of that was the forefront. That was the reason to engage is there was just, you know, it was expensive after I was divorced and um, I had two kids in college. My last one, you know, went to college, but my first one hadn't finished. And it was nice, I, you know, to have the extra money to do things with them. I was making my mortgage, but I didn't have a lot of extra. But with home sharing and saving the money, I was a host then. And and the extra money was great. I could do, you know, do things I wanted to do with my kids um, and my friends. And then, but it did turn into, I realized after I empty nested with them that I didn't know what people did on the weekends. I was like, what do people do? I had been, you know, you have dinner with your children or you go to, you know, regattas or band concerts or whatever they're doing is where you tend to be. And you have this network of friends because of that. Um, But then, you know, you kind of lose a lot of that when they leave. And I just, it was great to have a new network of, of people that, you know, not only my roommate, but the network that she brought in. Yeah. And I mean, you, you mentioned the financial as boomers, you know, many of us are on pensions, living on pensions and the way the rents are going, the way utility bills are going, everything else, whether you're a renter or a homeowner, Mm -hmm. you know, those pensions don't cover all the bills anymore. And, you know, like part of my thing is I, I have known women who have retired single women and didn't understand how much was going to be coming in and they actually had to sell their home. So home sharing would have been like just a perfect proposition for them. It, it, it can be. And I think especially now with rising home prices, you know, selling your home, you can't buying something smaller can be even more expensive, you know, than, it, than ever. Um, and you're kind of stuck with sell your home and then go where for how long. So if you can, most people want to stay in their home. And if you can find somebody to share those expenses, because we're not just talking about maybe a rental exchange, we're talking about, you know, sharing utilities and being able to finish an entire container of lettuce from Costco or, you know, just, but all those little things add up. Um, My roommate watches my dog when I travel for business or, you know, personal travel. Well, I live uh, just outside of Washington, DC, and that's a $75 a day proposition to have your dog in a kennel here. So that's big money. So if I go away for three or four days, not only is it not a hassle, I can just walk out and leave my dog. I don't have to load everything up, but it's also a huge savings of hundreds of dollars every trip. 
Yeah, and I'm I, you and I actually have a lot of things in common. <laughs> insofar as I also have a dog. Now, currently, I share a house. Like I'm totally separate, totally separate suite, but with a daughter upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I do have that freedom if I want to come or go. You know, she'll take care of the dog, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But she's had an opportunity to upgrade her living situation which means I don't want this house nor, you know, like for a bunch of reasons, but where she's going, she can't take my dog if I decide to go. So I am looking at different opportunities and uh, yeah, it's funny how the pets are really important. They do. Uh, They could, they, 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 they cost a lot of money and they're pain, but they are worth it. Usually (laughs) mine is, you know, well, I remember going away for, you know, like a, a long weekend or something. And I could always leave the cat. Mm-hmm. The cat was self-sufficient. He probably just loved having the house to himself, you know, and he didn't oink back all the food I put out. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he lasted all weekend uh, and lots of water bowls, that sort of thing. But the dog now she'd have it all done in, in 10 minutes and then she's going right. to starve for four days. Yes. But, um, okay. So companionship, uh, the income thing, and, and then as a renter too, like my pension currently does not cover the rent here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, both so we're just looking at both sides of the coin here right right there's savings on both sides um and i mean i can speak for for the company i work for in america but and just a national average so nationally in the u.s our uh hosts earn 850 dollars a month that's average rent of course that will just depend on your geography and what you have to offer but then people who are renting save about 750 dollars over market rate rent so it's significant on both sides yeah. And that frees up a little bit of income for like to help out with the utilities. But, you know, also part of that, as we just said, was the companionship. If you do want to go out and catch a show or a concert or mm-hmm. something, you've got a little bit of money to do that with hopefully somebody who will become a friend if they don't start out as a friend. Exactly. And I tended to not want to go out as much because when I lived by myself and especially I worked from home a lot, I tended to want to leave just because I'd been in my house by myself all day. Well, anytime you walk out the door, it seems like there's not a whole lot of free things to do. You are spending money on gas to get somewhere. You took yourself out to dinner or just even a you know a happy hour glass of wine, whatever it was, but you were spending money. But when you have a roommate, you can be like, well, why don't we just go sit in the backyard and, you know, have a cup of coffee or have a meal together and you cook at home. So it, there's, there's just these little bits of savings that really do add up after a while. You know, the companionship is great and it's often multiplied, I think, you know, enhanced with, with some money saving things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as boomers, we tend to trade in that cup of coffee in the backyard for a glass of wine, just so you know. Well, okay. Well then great. I'm in. We're, we're going to be just fine. <laughs> I, I have, yeah, I run on a coffee and red wine. So, Oh, there, oh you, you and I would get along just fine then. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to move to DC. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you mentioned meals, even on like women's getaway weekends. You know, we all put that little bit of extra effort into it. I mean, I live alone. I tell you, I could probably have the same dinner three, four nights a week. You know, it's just, you get lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as there's someone else that you are, and I mean, I guess the, the situation could work two ways. You could still just keep your meals separate. Mm-hmm. But if you are sharing meals, you put that little bit of extra into it. You know, you've got new dishes, perhaps, because your mm-hmm. housemate is cooking their stuff. And then the other advantage, just speaking of those weekends away, which I realize that's a really small piece of, of living together. But, you know, like if somebody's going to the kitchen, 
you're you were a mother for you are a mother but i mean you were an active mother for how many years mm-hmm. you're not going to go to the kitchen and get yourself a cup of tea you're going to say oh i'm going to the kitchen and get some yes. tea could i bring you a cup of tea you know yes. that sort of thing or a glass of wine you know I mean? oh yes or a glass of wine or two <laughs> <laughs> but no it is really true you know thinking about meals and how i eat when i was alone you know it was a bowl of cereal and kind of sad. I I ate a lot of bowls of cereal all by myself in front of a TV, feeling a little bit sorry for myself every once in a while. But, but you're right. You put this when someone else is there and you're like, oh yeah, well let's make something together. And then, you know, you put a napkin down on the table with a fork on top of it, a plate, and you eat like, you know, you can sit and chat with someone while you have a nice meal. And um, there is just that little bit of extra effort, which turns into just that extra conversation. And it's just joyful. Okay, my listeners know that I come with notes, but mm-hmm. it's almost like you can read them because conversation, especially coming off of two years of, of COVID, where so many people have been sort of cloistered you know, in their homes, they haven't been able to get out and socialize. Boy, the conversation is often what we miss most mm-hmm. or a lot, at least. And yeah, the you know, like if you don't want to talk to somebody, you've got your private area, mm-hmm. but if you're in a common area, then conversation just can be so neat and interesting. And it's a conversation with, you know, someone who's going to bring a different piece to the right. puzzle, right? Um, whether it's their past or whatever. It absolutely. And I think for me personally, it keeps me from getting in my own head. Sometimes something seems just like such a big deal or so distressing when I'm just thinking about it. But when it finally comes out of my mouth, because I'm talking with somebody and I can share it, just like literally getting it out of my brain, you know, out of my mouth makes it better and easier and not as big of a deal. And to just have somebody to, to listen. And I think that's true with my roommate too, but um, you just need someone to listen to for a second. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, because as you say, you, you get in your own head and suddenly this little issue that's this big is suddenly pushing at the, the limits of, of your brain, which is not mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. Um, next on my list is experiences. And I know, you know, somewhere during COVID, I had bumped into a friend I hadn't seen for a long time. I was at this where I live. I was out of town for 10 years taking care of my mother. Um, so coming back and I bumped into this person and they said, you know, gee, we walk up the mountain. No, I say mountain. It's, I think, 1500 meters. So it's not like a huge mountain. We go up, <laughs> we go up the mountain every Saturday morning. Why don't you come with us? Mm-hmm. COVID, it was an outdoor experience. So everything was okay. But I tell you, I would never have done that by myself. Right. So suddenly when you've got someone else that you're living with, they might do stuff that you go like, hmm, and vice versa. You know, like, exactly. give that a try. I'm going to go with this person. Yeah, it really does open your world up to, to things you just didn't think you liked. And maybe now because you see someone enjoying it so much. The, the most recent with my new roommate here is actually I'm, I grew up in Texas and she grew up in New York. And so she has suddenly just be, become a lover of country music, which I never thought would happen. She actually has a Spotify playlist of all her favorite country. And she's got me turned on to the Grateful Dead, which I didn't think I would ever like the Grateful Dead. <laughs> but, you know, we're swapping music. But I just, you know, I watch her dance around to it. She loves the Grateful Dead so much. How do I not enjoy listening to it, watching her, you know, just be such a goof with it? And then, you know, I'm out there, you know, sitting outside chilling to my country music with a Corona. And she's like, well, this doesn't look so terrible. So you just you know, you just bring your worlds together and I'm not going to like everything, but, and she's not going to like everything, but we've definitely opened each other's worlds up. Well, it's funny you mentioned country music. I used to teach fitness 
And every <laughs> once in a while, I'd slip a little Shania Twain or something in there. And people <laughs> loved it. So one day quite, I mean, I used to change up my, my soundtracks every month. And uh, so one day I thought, I'm going to give this a try. And I did an entire hour soundtrack of country <laughs> music. Mm-hmm. And people were loving it. And I just, I decided <laughs> that there's a little bit of cowgirl, cowboy in everybody, you know, deep oh. down inside. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to say it out loud. But uh, yeah. You're speaking to my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. Your dead head heart. If you're grateful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Oh, I got a couple songs down. Yeah, so, yeah. But, um, and then friends, I guess your, your friend group grows a little bit. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, unless you've been the same friend group for a long time. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've met, you know, I've met my roommate's family and, you know, they've met my parents, my sister and brother. And there's just, you know, you just, you just expand your network, really. I mean, per, and professional network too. It's not, you know, if you're still happen to be working, you know, I, I have a, I have an expansion of my professional network as well as my personal network. So it's, you know, it's just a win. Yeah. yeah. And family too. You know, I know my family, just whoever's in my life is part of their life and and Mm -hmm. vice versa. And so to suddenly have, you know, the dinner table going like on Thanksgiving or whatever Christmas going from, you know, six people and suddenly there's 16 people, Mm -hmm. you know, that just brings a whole new element. And it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but it is a much more rewarding, happier. It just expands exponentially so yeah and I think people I I I think we're probably very similar it sounds like in just more more people just including people and you know inviting people in is just such a great way to live I mean I will take 16 people any day at a Thanksgiving table over six just because you know there's more more food and more talking and more people (laughs) to get to know and um, more people to help clean up but but yeah, it's just, it's fun to, to have those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I always used to have orphan dinners anyways, whereas mm-hmm. if you were part of my circle, you didn't have anywhere else to go. I don't, doesn't matter who you are, come on over for your yeah. dinner, you know? So that was kind of yeah. fun. Now, the other thing is, as I mentioned earlier, is, is we're boomers, we're older. We might have a few aches and pains. Um, if we're sick or out of commission, then there is someone to put the dog out in the backyard for a pee or... Mm-hmm to go down to the pharmacy and pick up some meds or whatever. For sure. Yeah. My roommate, I actually had a terrible, I'm, I'm honestly lucky to be alive. I had a terrible biking accident. I'm a road oh, biker wow. and been road biking for 15 years. Never, you know, never had an incident and on a very familiar trail on a beautiful day in April. And I had just a terrible accident, a bunch of, I won't bore you with the details, but I mean, I cracked my helmet in three and oh, I'm wow. lucky to be alive, but my roommate is the one who, took care of me when I was, you know, I was in the hospital. She, I would have those weird biking shoes on and those weird biking shorts. And, you know, she, she brought me clothes to change home to go, you know, when I finally got to go home, I had clothes and, you know, she, she just helped me the whole time and took care of my dog and just took care of everything. You know, I had really planned on coming back that afternoon and I didn't, and I had somebody that took care of me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. My whole family's, you know, my whole family's plane rides away. So I, there's, I don't have family here locally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, sometimes too, it, even if they, your family, your children lived in the same town, 
you know, chances are they have to work full time. They maybe have children of their own. You know, they, as much as they love you, they can't just up and sure. boom, take care of you. So, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. My daughter was, she's the closest, but she was still four hours away and a senior in college during finals. So the last thing I wanted was her coming up, you know, she's doing her last set of exams to graduate. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just so, so lucky to have a roommate here that could, you know, have my back. Well, and peace of mind for family too. So exactly. once again, you know, as I get closer to 70, my kids don't have to worry about me if they know that there's someone else in the house. I'm not mm-hmm. going to have the fall and never, you know, not get found for two weeks. And that sort of right. Thing. Right. You know, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now the other thing that that I use a selling point when I'm looking for somewhere to live is the fact that yard work. I'm happy to do yard work, you know, housework. I'm I I do it. I keep a nice house, but it's not my favorite thing to do. But put me out in the yard or give me some tools, and, and I'm happy. So once again, you know, like hopefully you can find that give and take with yeah. housework and yard work maintenance. Yeah, well, we would be just fine. I, my roommate's the plant. She waters the plants and does all of that and keeps them alive. They would all be dead if if I were in charge and I am a little bit on the OCD side of vacuuming. I love to vacuum. And so I I love my dog, but I can't stand dog hair. So yeah. So I'm the housework girl. (laughs) Okay. uh, Maybe I will move to DC. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I used to do all that stuff when the kids were younger. My house was immaculate, (laughs) but now it's like, yeah, I have a shedding dog and it's like, drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um the one thing I've added to my list, which probably isn't on a lot of radars, but I did actually see it in one of your, I think it was your blog posts, but the LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. safety and inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yep. and I hate to say that that's still an issue in this day and age, mm-hmm. but, but it can be, it can be not accepted. Right. And I mean, we, you know, we have community guidelines on our, on our website and things like that. So from, a, from our company's perspective, you know, we want to be as inclusive as, as possible. And we've worked with lots of groups to make sure that we're asking questions in a way that's inclusive and sensitive and kind. Um, and we require, you know, that of our users as well, you know, while you do have preferences, um, you know, in, in with who you live with, you also need to be a kind person, you know, um, on our, on our site. Mm-hmm. the other side of that coin is you know i i know people who are just like you know and it's like <laughs> I, I i don't understand it but i'd rather know that coming up front if if i was a lesbian if someone is like so whatever you know um yeah to know that up front and obviously that's boom that person's off the list so yeah yeah, yeah you have to i mean you just need to be a kind person you know, we're just not going to tolerate anything that's discriminatory or, you know, phobic. Um, it's just not going to, not going to fly on our website. So if I move to DC and mm-hmm. we become roommates, I also have mm-hmm. this thing that I want to do called ruling the world. So oh. it sounds like you may be a good person to rule the world with as well. I, I've always dreamed of it. <laughs> <laughs> not really, though. No, probably not. <laughs> no, it's one of my phrases, though. When oh, I rule the work. world, things <laughs> I have no interest, no intention. I I mostly want to travel the world. That's what I want to do. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm I'm very curious to to see anything I haven't seen before. There's nothing that excites me more than having a plane ticket or any type of ticket, a train ticket booked to somewhere I've never been. So you're going to be that tourist with the t-shirt that says, be kind, damn it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right. I just, you know, I just want to, you know, the more you learn, the more you travel, um, you know, I think, you know, the more you open yourself up to to new things. I mean, you should always have your baseline of what of who you are, but I, I do believe that, you know, home sharing in its own little way expands your world, but you know, so does obviously a lot of other things. So and it, for me it's traveling. Hopefully. Hopefully that will be the near future once <laughs> all the companies uh, be- figure out. <laughs> That'd be great. So that would be, I, you know, I, uh, I was a military wife for about 20 years, so I moved around a lot. So I was fortunate enough to be able to live in a few, you know, def- both coasts of this country and the South and the North and a uh, little bit of the middle of America. And so it's just, you know, every single place has something to offer and every single place has something that's really annoying. Um, and I think that's true of humans too. So you just try and when you're living with someone or living somewhere you just try and find all the good stuff and focus on that and just try and not make the bad stuff or the annoying stuff the focus (laughs) rule number three for living Uh, (laughs) okay so someone out there is thinking but I'm having a complete stranger move into my house Mm -hmm. um my first thought is as we've just discussed is maybe it doesn't have to be a complete stranger uh Mm -hmm. if you think about your friends is there someone who might make a great housemate and are they looking but with a service like yours there's a lot of screening that's done correct there's a lot um of screening and I think you know we hear I hear that our everyone you know, in the home sharing, we're not, you know, there's a lot of um, smaller home sharing programs that are very hyper-local, a lot are nonprofit. So I, I talk with a lot of them all the time. And because what we really want to do is just make home sharing just, you know, something that's familiar and, you know, just a choice that everyone, first of all, even thinks of, um, but then, you know, help people do that. Everyone seems like a stranger until even you talk to them for a few minutes. What well, we've been talking for about 28 minutes by my count. And I feel like, oh, well, you know, Agnes and I could probably hang out. We could probably maybe even do a trial run with home sharing. I mean, literally, you just talk to someone for a little while and suddenly they're not a they're they're not a stranger. They're a human that you don't know that well yet. You know, they're just they're another person. But I think looking sometimes for affinities um, and we're 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 doing that a little bit at Silvernest. Maybe we're, we're doing a pilot with AmeriCorps members. So maybe someone who, who did a year of service with AmeriCorps would host another AmeriCorps member coming into the city for a year to do a year of service. So there's that instant, oh, I know what it was like to be an AmeriCorps member. Or maybe it's another teacher or another veteran. Or, you know, could you think of somebody, you know, something that's closer to your heart? And would you consider hosting a person like that, you know, in your home and trial and, you know, do it for a little while. We're, I'm not, we're not trying to marry you off. You know, give yourself a minute to get used to it. Give yourself and your roommate a lot of grace. Have a sense of humor. Know it's going to be a little odd at first. There's going to be weird noises in the house that you're not used to. Just this morning, my roommate and I had a discussion of, so we were both on a call at the same time. Could you hear me be honest? You know, (laughs) you know, you work out all the little bugs and keep a sense of humor, but then, you know, give it, give it a few months. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You tried. Um, but I, my, my guess is if you find someone who's compatible, which is a lot of what we do, you do with a lot of the upfront work, find someone compatible, find some, you know, talk about the house rules beforehand, talk about what it's going to look like, go through the process, really get out in front of things and communicate and make a plan and document it. It's going to make that, that home sharing, when you finally do move in together, it's going to make it a lot easier, you know, if you do the upfront work. Well, and interestingly, too, like I, I've mentioned, I live with my, my daughter, her partner, and they're both still working from home. 
And so we did a lot of that, you know, like they know I'm on a call right now, so mm-hmm. they're not going to be vacuuming. I mean, although I've tried to explain <laughs> that what comes through on Zoom is like pretty minimal. Yes, <laughs> Even when is. a four-year-old starts shrieking, it nothing comes through. <laughs> when my dog barks, that's another matter. Yeah, so you would do that with families, so same thing. I think people tend to treat friends and strangers sort of almost with kid gloves, whereas you, you got to put it all on the table before you know and like a dating service for example you know you'd you'd find out a lot about this other person before you'd move in with them so you would I mean yeah you're not going to just find someone on our site and go well that sounds good and you know and the next day they're coming in I mean you're gonna you're gonna meet you know you're gonna probably have a phone call you're gonna you know on our platform you can you know send messages and they're encrypted so you don't even have to give away anything yet but you know once you feel comfortable have a phone call you know meet for coffee you know all those things that you would do it's not there is a process to this yeah yeah well and I I think instantly of a friend of mine who's vegan um Mm -hmm. he may be looking at finding a new home share situation like having someone come in to live and for him it's like super important that they're vegan and so that's fair you know it's uh, very fair yeah know what your deal breakers are and know what you could maybe live with you know I I have no food preferences um I'm allergic to seafood my roommate love shrimp. So it's a bummer. I, I actually just developed this allergy. So she was, you know, she's just like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, shrimp is like four or five days of my, you know, diet normally. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be jealous, but eat away, you know, <laughs> I am on a seafood diet. You know, I see food, I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so. I know. So, you know, but so it's not a deal breaker for me, but if it is a deal breaker, you know, it's a deal breaker. So, you know, just, you have to just be honest with yourself and potential roommates of, this is what I live. I can live with this, but I can't live with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking I'm not the best person in this conversation because I do love the concept and many of my friends feel the same way. So I I can't come up with the, yeah, but what ifs there are other forms of co-housing out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know some of my friends we've talked about just renting a big old house Mm -hmm. and, you know, as long as we've got our own private areas to get together, you know, like several of us, Mm -hmm. there's co-op, actual co-op housing. I've, been acquainted I won't say I've been part of but that's not under silver wings umbrella but do you have any thoughts about any of the other sure yeah I mean all of these are great options and that's where I say like the more choices we have the better you know we're not competing with any of these I would say the main difference um, in what we're doing what we define as home sharing is it doesn't require one person to only one person's moving essentially or only the roommates are moving. What what this what home sharing is is you know a host and they can rent or own the home. You don't have to be the homeowner. You can um, be a renter as long as you can have a roommate. You can use Silver Nest, but you're trying to stay in this home that you've lived in by taking in a roommate. So the co living and co housing models usually do require everyone to move in together, which is great too. That's just not what we do although you can kind of I guess use our platform for that a little bit it's just a little harder this is more for if you have a a home and you need to and you have extra room and you want to rent it out that's the vast majority of our users um what you can't do the 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 thing you cannot do on our platform is rent out empty space so you can't be you you can't have an empty apartment and then just you know ask all these questions to decide who you know that's not fair housing compliant. So you have to be doing this to live together, to share spaces. So yeah, so home sharing essentially is, you know, you're, you normally have a private bedroom 
sometimes a private bath, not always, and you're normally sharing kitchen, living room, things like that. Yeah, yeah. It was about, I actually just got out of the bookshop about five years ago, that I read a book called Growing Old Disgracefully. Mm -hmm. And I said five years, it was 25 years ago uh, that I read this book. And I loved the discussions that it presented, because it's written by six women who looked at, it's it's called the Hen Co-op. But they looked at this this whole co-housing thing. So much of our society is obsessed with, you know, youth and beauty and all that stuff. And just to know that, you know, like if you want someone your own age, so that, you know, like in my case, the sags and the wrinkles, big deal. That's a fact of life. Sure. You know, the arthritic arthritis or a knee replacement. Yeah, not a big deal. Adult children, former husbands, you know, like you've got life situations as well in common. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we, um, we see about a 25% opportunity for intergenerational relationships on our site. And, you know, and for example, the AmeriCorps pilot that we're doing, that's pairing, you know, typically, typically pairing older um, hosts with younger home seekers. But, you know, again, you get to decide, we ask, you know, we ask a lot of questions, even about preferences around age. Um, you know, do you have an age preference? You can say no preference or you can state a preference. You know, personally, I have a 22 and a 24 year old. So I, my roommate is my age. I prefer to live with someone my own age. I have enough intergenerational still in my life. <laughs> They're great. I don't need to live with another 20 something yet, maybe one day, but between them and their friends, I'm good right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a lot of but, parties but that happen continue. at that house for a woman her age. <laughs> sure, exactly. You know, so my I'm 52, my roommate's 48. So I, you know, um, and we are we're just kind of in the same spot in our lives right now, and it's nice. But but I don't know. You know, maybe in 20 years, if I'm doing this again, I'd want to live with someone who's in their 20s. I don't know. You know, we'll see. <laughs> Now, the other subject that comes to mind is privacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I want, you know, privacy from my bank. Uh, I want privacy when I'm online. But thinking again of the pandemic is, is I don't want so much privacy that I'm tucked behind four walls and not seeing anybody for possibly, oh, well, hardly anybody for possibly months on end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody that I talked to during this time said, heck no like we'd rather have each other even if it means going down with the ship you know like whatever than to be tucked away because somebody who doesn't even know me thinks it's in my best interest right and you know and we heard that too from a lot of our users we during covid when covid first started we we asked our users um to tell us anything about what they were experiencing and the vast majority you know, we heard comments like, I don't know what I would have done during the lockdown without my roommate and all sorts of stories like that. Um, and also, you know, now more than ever, you know, I'm still want to find one roommate because I don't want to move to um, a, a huge community full of people. I'd rather get used to one person in my home. But we actually ended up making some, co- we asked a lot of questions. We incorporated them into our uh, product with uh, around COVID. So we asked about mask wearing and quarantining and visitors and, and cleaning and all kinds of protocols because you want to align on that because there were so many different opinions on you know how to handle this and and we just wanted to make sure we were matching people who were aligned yeah yeah because to match a vaccine proponent with an anti-vaxxer mm-hmm. would definitely yeah. be this massive great split yeah. and unfortunately you know it came on pretty suddenly so you know 
I, I hope not too many people found out the hard way that, you know, that there was that inco- incompatibility with their. their yeah. Business. You know, I don't, I don't know if I have a lot of data on, you know, what actually happened if those, and that might've been a deal breaker for some, maybe others know, maybe some people met in the middle, maybe things changed after they lived together. You know, I, I can't speak to what people ended up doing, yeah. but you know, that's again, doing your work in the front you know, in the beginning is what's important. So let's talk about, you know, preferences around, you know, quiet hours and visitors and COVID protocols and, you know, all of these things to make sure that when you do move in, that, you know, you've covered those bases. Yeah. Yeah. Just a a thought there. It's not, not pandemic thought, but in terms of your own situation, you said both of you work from home. Does this mean you have like dedicated office space or do each of you find a place within your own uh, large room, like large yeah. bedroom, for example? So we're, we're working that out because this is a little bit new situation yeah. again, but my roommate is a social worker and they're starting to go back to the office. So she is starting to go back in. Um, but, you know, like today it's all work from home. So we have one dedicated office um, and then I set up a table in my room for when, you know, we're both on calls. Uh, and you know, we've just been working it out for the past few days, trying to figure out where the sound, you know, which rooms the sound is okay. And which ones is not. Yeah. 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 It's one thing that would come to mind for me, although this room I'm in currently is is a large room and my grandson has a desk right next door to me. So as long as we aren't on, I mean, he's at school. i like, I don't see him that often, but when he comes down, he loves having his own desk. (laughs) And during COVID, it was certainly handy, but, uh, yeah, it would be easy to share an office with someone if you're used to doing that even a wee bit, as long as you both aren't on Zoom calls mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I sat down there at the kitchen. She was in the office today, but it's kind of open to the kitchen. So, but I just had some regular work to do and so did she. So we're just both there typing away and, yeah. you know, no big deal. Well, and once again, you know, you, we talk about co-housing, but I've done co-work or like co-work spaces mm-hmm. as well. So, yep. you know, the same, only different. <laughs> yeah, people are, you know, this, the sharing economy is just growing and growing and growing. It's amazing what people are, you know, realizing they can share and not have to store and, you know, take advantage of lots of things. I mean, there's companies where you can rent out your pool. If you have a pool, there's, comp- you know, you can rent out your parking space. You know, you can rent out storage space. So, you know, it's a great, it's such, it's just such a great idea on so many levels to share, you know, what you have and leverage it for extra income and all the other benefits that come with it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, one incident that comes to mind just with co-working, but I'm sure it would happen a lot in co-housing, is that I was working one day in, amongst 14 people and uh, I, something was not going right. And I finally went... Oh, and I pushed my chair back. And of course, somebody goes like, what's happening? And I said, I cannot get this to work. It, it was working and it's not, <laughs> not working. And somebody said, oh, you do this, this and this. And I went, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's the old story bit. of, you know, lots of cooks and all that sort of stuff. It's so, true. It's yeah. true. There's just that kind of, you know, it is that thing when you just have somebody else there that has a fresh set of eyes or a new perspective or a little bit of knowledge that you didn't have, it can just make, make or break your day in so many ways. And I would say, you know, living with having a roommate has made my day way more times than it's broken my day. I mean, you, you know, you come rolling in from a long 
you know, day on the road or whatever, and somebody has rolled in the trash bins and you're like, oh, thank gosh, that's so <laughs> nice. Just the little things, it's that death by a thousand cuts or, you know, one of you has emptied the dishwasher or just whatever it is. All those little things though, they add up to just so much after a while. You just don't feel like everything is always on you. And exactly like you push yourself away and go, I don't know how to make this Excel thing add up. You know, this Excel spreadsheet's killing me. And uh, your roommate goes, oh, well, because this, and you go, oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and it was <laughs> just like that. <laughs> just like that. So, you just, just a little help. Yeah. All the little, all the little things. It's so important when that happens, as you've just done, is to say, oh, thank you. You know, and really acknowledge it, it may be just a, like a, a two, 10 second, whatever thought. Mm-hmm but to actually say it out loud and to remember it, you know, like on that other day when they don't roll the bins in, yep. um, it's just like, okay, yeah, they, they did it four times or that time I got back from that road trip that they, they were in, I didn't have to go out in the exactly. rain. <laughs> so. Well, it's funny. Cause just, it's not really about home training, but it's maybe just, I've learned this um, along the way is to thank people, but add the four at the end. So not just, Hey, thanks, but Thanks for, and then fill in the blank what you're thanking them for. So I think for me, it reinforces what you just said to remember um, that that has been done for you and then to thank them specifically for doing it too. So it's not just a, you know, hey, thanks. Um, I think it's just more thoughtful to put the thanks for on the end. Well, and if you get a couple of nice people living together, you know, if, if you say to me, oh, Agnes, thank you for hearing my car come in the driveway and pouring that glass of wine for me. I'm going to say, oh, she really liked that. And I uh-huh. will probably do it again. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, <laughs> specificity yeah. can be really a good thing. It really can. It really can. Oh, dear. Jennifer, I hope I monopolize the conversation just because I, I love this whole concept. I really, really do. Uh, I just think it's so important and should really be expanded going forward, like into the future. I hope so. I mean, you know, I can't speak for Canada. I do know that in the U.S., we estimate there are 44 million empty bedrooms in the U.S. So, and the affordable housing crisis is here. You know, eviction moratoriums are over. Interest rates are rising. Um, There's not enough housing. We can't build our way out of this. Um, We need to keep building, of course, but I honestly, I ask this of, of people all the time. We have this crisis of people wanting to stay in their homes, not enough affordable housing. So you know, what do we do? What's the answer? Well, we can build, we can share. And, and I don't know that there's another, I'm not, you know, that's it. I see those two options right now. So there's building and sharing. And if we're not going to build our way out of it, then that means we're going to have to share. So I, I think it's an environmentally better way to live. You know, I think you, you know, all the little things again, like, you know, you run an errand together so you don't have two cars on the road. Um, you can finish, you know, food together, uh, you know, just you're heating a house for two, maybe even three people. We've had people find multiple roommates on our, on our website, you know, so you're sharing resources. I just think it's just such a, a good way to live. And again, you know, this is where kind of that we're both proponents of this, but I I get a lot of people pushing back going, I don't know if I can do this. You know, what I would say is, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little different, but it's not, it's also not forever. You can dip your toe in this. You can try it for three to six months. You might, you might not like it, but you might find out it's really, really great. And it's not going to be rosy all the time. You're going to get annoyed just like you would with anyone that you live with. Like, 
that's the other thing. I don't want anyone to think that, you know, we never roll our eyes at each other um, or, you know, we're never irritated. We're, we're humans. But the alternative of going back to living all by myself and just feeling like every pressure of that house and of my day and of my life was all, was all on me. Um, I don't want that back. Um, I really prefer, I'm wired for connecting with, with people. And I love having someone in, you know, that I know is going to have my back and that I trust living with me. Um, and the benefits far outweigh little minor annoyances along the way. Well, and I think two thoughts that come to mind is first of all, you know, if, if something comes up and you go, look, I don't want this person doing that in my home, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it'll be over in three months. Mm-hmm. perhaps there's a way of saying that out loud but then you also put if it's really annoying you put that on your list of mm-hmm. needs must-haves whatever sure. learn you know. as you go yeah and you know you just mentioned Canada and the U.S. there things are similar up here I mean our rents are ridiculous mm-hmm. and tons of empty rooms there's a, a couple of towns just recently that I heard about that are going to do it like on a town level of hmm. of home sharing wow to make it Good. make it easier that's exciting. now my son-in-law is Spanish. Hmm. He is, they live here now. They are looking for a house to buy. And he, so he's surrounded by in-laws, like just all in-laws. <laughs> None of his own family are here. And they found this massive great house. And one of his first thoughts was, why don't we buy it? Your sister and her family can move in as well. And I went, I can't imagine anybody I know saying that about let just let all, all the in-laws move in with it, us you know and so oh, once he I sounds know, fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I'm really lucky with my yeah. with my son's in-law but you know so, so maybe it is like that North American thing of you know because so many other cultures the extended family is just part and parcel of the deal mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there was kind of, you know, I'm, I'm no great historian or anything like that, but I think there's this individualism, you know, go do it yourself, get, you know, and then the American dream of the white picket fence. And, and this is what housing looks like. You know, you get married, you raise your family in this house, and then you go to a senior community when you can't take care of the house anymore. And I think we're disrupting that now with co-housing and co-living and home sharing. And we're saying, Hey, that's not necessarily the formula. Just like, hey, it's not necessarily the formula that you go to college and get married within two years and then you have a baby. And then, you know, there's not this prescriptive way to live. And so there's not a prescriptive way that we're supposed to have a house over our head, a, you know, a roof over our heads. And so I think, you know, as, as options come online and there's just more open-mindedness to, to how you, and, and just, a willingness to say, oh yeah, this is how this person's living their life. I think we're going to normalize this and just make it as just like Uber. Who would have thought 10 years ago, we we're just going to hop in a stranger's car to run up <laughs> to go to a restaurant and, you know, across the river or whatever. But now I, I, I don't know anyone that doesn't have an Uber app. So, you know, I hope we can get there with this of Oh, you don't have the Uber app yet. Well, oh, I don't. Even, I don't even know if we have Uber in town. Oh, oh maybe not. Yeah. So, but you know, it's that. It's just more of. It seems so normal now for people to hop in an Uber, and it seemed so novel. And you know, you ask people about it, you're like, "So, how was the Uber ride?" I mean, I remember asking that. You know, you got into somebody's car that you didn't know, and all this, you know, <laughs> and and it's just so second nature. You would never, you know, it's just not a big deal if someone says they they're going to take an Uber. 
And so I hope that we're getting to the point of it's just not a big deal if you home share for a while or you're in a co-living situation or you're co-housing. I mean, that's just another option. Maybe you don't want to do it. Maybe it's not for you, um, but maybe it is. Yeah, it, it, there's so many sort of, I'll call them bills of goods, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it's the picket fence or, yeah, the, the 2.5 children, that sort of thing, the university degree. And I'm really glad that more of my generation that I know about anyways mm-hmm. are saying, hell no, you know, yeah. we, we didn't do it, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, we burned our bras back in the 60s, you know, so right, right. But let's just find a little bit of that rebel again and exactly break out of the confines that have been set upon us it's uh, yeah. yeah well my, I mean my mom is 75 and you know I think at first well I know at first I don't think I know at first she you know after I got divorced and I I you know lived alone for a while and then I said oh yeah I'm gonna have I have a roommate and she's she's just what what's hap- what's going on you know <laughs> <laughs> can't figure out what my daughter's doing here. <laughs> and, but you know what, after she came and visited met my roommate, you know, she's just gotten used to this. Um, now she's like, well, maybe I should consider doing this, you know? And so, you know, it took her a minute, um, but that's fine. And I think, but I think it's like anything, once you see it in action and we have a lot of, you know, our friends now who are like, well, I want a roommate. You guys are having a blast over there, you know? <laughs> so I think just the more you see people do it, it just it's just going to become something that's as, as normal as hopping in an Uber is in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you think people should think about in this whole home sharing discussion? No, I don't think so. I mean, I really, I hope it's a solution for some people, you know, even if even if just a few people listening to this decide they want to, you know, give it a shot. I hope, I hope you do. I hope you, I, I hope and do it before it becomes critical, right? It's not, a, if you even think like, I don't know what I'm going to do six months from now, don't wait six months from now. If you're looking at your finances going, I'm going to be in trouble in six months, nine months, go ahead and start planning now because in six or nine months when you really start getting in trouble that's probably not the best time to start thinking about changing the whole way you live do it when you're in a calm place and you're in a place of huh I should maybe consider this so that I don't have to worry about six nine months 12 months from now so let me I'll just plant that seed of you know look at your look at look at your year ahead um, and what does it look like and would it be maybe a little bit easier for you to consider getting a roommate. Well, and we're going to talk about the years ahead. The other side for those of us who are aging is downsizing. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not sure, put some stuff into storage. And if you can live without it for <laughs> six months, a year, a couple of years, it's like chances are you can get rid of it because the other side of the coin is there's greater chances too that your kids don't want it. Oh, oh yes. Oh, we could have a whole nother pot. That was what I did before <laughs> this. So we can have a oh. whole other podcast. I did, I did hoarding cleanouts and senior downsizing and well, just regular downs, not even senior um, downsizing services, auctions, donations, Oh, you know, all kinds of my counsel is usually don't put it in storage if you can avoid it because most people spend thousands of dollars to store hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. They forget about it. So if you, if it's going to go into storage, really consider whether or not you're ever going to use it because you're right. Nobody's, nobody's likely going to want it and it likely won't sell for what you think it's going to sell. You're going to be really disappointed. And so if you can get rid of it, 
get rid of it. Okay, listeners, that was called foreshadowing. We are going to have Jennifer back, definitely. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we started out by saying that you do represent one company. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to go and just, just check it out, where do they find you online? At silverness.com. Okay, so listeners, go check out the Silverness, Silverness website. Um, it's a really good opportunity to understand there are a lot of measures to ensure a good outcome for both a homeowner and a renter. If you're in Canada or another non-U.S. jurisdiction, just do a web search for, mm-hmm. I don't know, Senior Home Share, Canada, your own country, whatever. I'm sure there's some other sites that you can. There are, and I'm struggling to remember, there's, there's a few home sharing services in Canada, and I'm so sorry I can't conjure them right now. Yeah. You should be able to search and find them. I did a quick search before Mm -hmm. we talked. And I mean, some of them, as you mentioned, are really localized to a specific city or something Mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, some evening, pour that glass of wine and just browse, (laughs) you know, Google or DuckDuckGo, whatever you use. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And and our our site, even though you can't use it in Canada to find a match, um, you can go on there for lots of really good tips, lots of blog posts and tips and FAQ, you know, FAQs that you can learn a lot just for your own journey. Yeah. Yeah. And so important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're in Canada, another non-US jurisdiction, do a web search. And, and what I also found was that some of the sites were for healthcare. So really do, do check it out because it, but don't give up if you look at healthcare. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jennifer's website link, link will be in the show notes. If you have comments on today's show, please talk to us. If you're listening at twoboomerwomen.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and leave comments there. We can be found at Apple or iHeartRadio, Spotify, most places a person would listen to podcasts. Feel free to leave comments and leave stars and reviews. They help us grow. Before you go, hit the subscribe or follow button and you'll be notified about future interviews with more of my great guests or return interviews. Um, Share this episode (laughs) with a few of your friends. It's a subject, if it's a subject that's never been discussed, it might lead to some interesting ideas, thoughts, plans. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, there's an application form at the website. Jennifer Hammer, thank you so much for being my guest on Two Boomer Women today and giving us so much to think about, you know, as we get older and start thinking about what the next phase is going to look like. And we don't want to be locked into a tiny little room in a nursing home. (laughs) No, certainly not. No, thank you so much. I just really appreciate it. And you are lovely. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Have a great rest of the week. Likewise. Bye-bye. 